There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how are you doing? That intro music is a banger. So my f- eyes are watering. It's so good. Our second episode is the only one for random recording Patreon reasons that we actually get to listen to the music as it comes in. And oh my goodness, I'm sorry if I scream into your guys' ears the welcome to the third party because I'm just so hyped and ready to go. It hits hard. I mean, music <laughs> bangs. We got a fun episode today. Today we're going to be going over season eight lore the full quest, and where the story is going into the next season, Legacy. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch. We stream Thursday and Saturday, Apex Legends. Come and hang out. If you'd like to help Shay and I continue the Third Party Podcast and the amazing community we have grown, please consider supporting us over on Patreon. The support recently has just been epic. With your pledge, you can receive bonus episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, replica weapons, t-shirts, and much, much more. Your support really means the world to us, and we look forward to chatting and playing with our awesome patrons. For sure. We're just going to kind of dive into it. This is a fun one. We got a lot of good lore and a lot of great questions to answer once we wrap up talking about the lore. So we're kind of going to give you guys a bit of the timeline and cover this quest. But before we do any of that, though, kind of a little pre-season 8 summary on what set up this quest we were introduced to salvo uh, the planet before the season with previous hints that salvo was one of the only planets in the outlands that didn't join what is called syndicate space they're a rebellious planet that's known for violence based on the information that we have at least he's introduced into the story uh, from the story from the outlands good as gold where we see his violent relationship with his friend maggie as they challenge each other over a golden grenade Hughes then says he's leaving their planet Salvo to join the Apex Games. This was essentially a political move that promoted peace between Salvo and the Syndicate. Uh, We can understand why some people may not like the Syndicate over there. Uh, Maggie responds to this news, though, by throwing the live gold grenade at him and blowing his arm off. This contributes to the background of his metal arm, which was then built into a grenade launcher for the Apex Games. Then, during the ceremony introducing Fuse on King's Canyon, Maggie blows up the northern side of the map with civilians present, crashes a massive ship trying to kill Fuse, the legends, and fans of the game. A terror. Yeah, a terrorist. Uh, quite a different introduction of a legend than we've ever had before. It was. Um, I enjoyed seeing the actual like ceremony arrival, and maybe the thing is it wasn't a big of a deal with other legends, and that was to kind of promote that peace between salvo and the syndicate but it was really cool to see like oh there there must be like a big deal when someone new joins the games not just for us as players but for the universe itself yeah and i think it's nice that uh maybe a legend is coming through uh, more traditional channels because um, <laughs> we've had people hack their way in we've yes. had people break their way in we've had people assassinate people i was just gonna to say in. yeah so it's like yeah having a nice party is all great mm-hmm Super sad that lots of people had to die during a terrorist event. Too bad Gabby didn't throw his bubble. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Um, but yeah, and just kind of a little message out there. Um, if you like this episode, let us know. Yes. This is kind of like a story format and something that we enjoy doing. Um, but a lot of the times our content is pretty analytical, a little more debate, 
um, news focused. And this episode specifically is definitely lore, story time, reading, Mm -hmm. recap. Definitely nice to relax to, I think. But uh, let us know if you like it. Totally. Great. Well said. Moving right along. So season eight then releases and Fuse has entered the games, um, much to the frustration of his oldest friend, Maggie. She then unleashes mayhem on the games and demands that the legends bring her Fuse's other arm. (laughs) Brutal. And then further throughout the season, we get kind of additional lore through the Chaos Theory event when Maggie hijacks the ring and creates the Ring Fury uh, takeover while also being the game's announcer. So she was able to not only plant explosives, destroy a ship, Mm -hmm. but actually hack her way into the ring, which that's Watson. Watson's quite smart. They were like, hey, we're introducing one legend in an organic way. We got to get hacking into the season somehow. Insert Maggie. Mm -hmm. And then later on, um, through the same Chaos Theory event, we learned through the Twitter stories that in the Caustic and Watson journey, that the syndicate, uh, which is the overseeing body of the Apex Games, uh, that they're searching for Maggie and that they're planning some serious punishment for her. I definitely got the vibe that the punishment was going to fit the crime. Like, it seemed very serious yeah. for a PG-style universe that's kind of shied away from that level of intensity. It, I mean, this was a very intense thing. Shay and I sit right on the podcast that we were shocked that they were going there with yeah. the story mm-hmm. just because... Man, it doesn't get much crazier than, you know, uh, an interplanetary terrorist plot that involved, you know, civilian lives Mm -hmm. and really brings the mood of the Apex Games down. Like, (laughs) how can you compete for fun in an entertaining way and play a game when people are getting killed just for watching the games? Like, that's, that's pretty intense for a game to go. Totally. Let's dive now into the Season 8 quest. And so... How we're essentially going to do this is go part by part, maybe give a little feedback and thoughts off of each part, just kind of here and there, uh, wherever we feel. But we're kind of going to read these summaries that were curated uh, and hopefully give you guys some talking points, main ideas before we then kind of just talk about the lore. But the comic is titled Armageddon. Part one, Armed and Dangerous. In this one, we have Fuse, who offers to cut off his arm at the start. Uh, which Caustic is very eager to help with, uh, and Lifeline says she'll do it as well. Bloodhound says no one will face her with honor. Talking about Maggie. Talking about Maggie. Very, very interesting. Fuse gets on board and says if Maggie wants his arm, she'll have to chop it off herself. Bloodhound says they were going to find her together, her once again being Maggie. And this kind of just sets off the quest as we've created a little team, essentially. Yeah, nice little start. It was a pretty epic visual seeing uh, Fuse use a a marker to draw a dotted line (laughs) on his arm so he could saw it off. And funny to see Caustic, you know, so eager. But then Lifeline also coming in like, hey, I'm a a medic. I'll help. I'll help. Like, it was kind of funny. I'm not a combat medic anymore, so let me at least do this job. (laughs) We will see, Shay. Um, Going into part two, titled Sound the Alarm. Bloodhound, Fuse, and Lifeline sneak into King's Canyon and chase off some prowlers with Fuse's handheld mortar, Wally, after Lifeline uh, says that blowing up stuff doesn't make you a hero. Helping others does, which really fits into her, mm-hmm. her persona, but that's kind of what she's 
scene in Fuse that yeah. he blows stuff up and you know wants to be thanked. He's that. not peaceful. He's not going to bring about good change. Essentially, that's what she's she's jabbing at a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then after they chase out the prowlers, Maggie captures him. It was a short-lived uh, mission to go attack, essentially. Yeah, they got ambushed. They got ambushed pretty quickly. Uh, and that's going to lead us straight into part three. There will be no armistice. Apologies if we butchered that. but Maggie wakes up Fuse, and we see that she has Fuse's severed arm in a display case, which is hilarious. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. Maggie claims she thought the legends would get scared, chop off Fuse's arms, and she would run back to Salvo. Very interesting. Interesting logic, to say the least. Yeah, the the logic behind there uh, was that of someone that doesn't think like Henry and I. (laughs) No doubt. I mean, and that's, you know, nice, because you may, you know, it's not a good idea to be a terrorist. Yeah. um, And not really a thought-out plan, but I don't know. I, I think we know knowing the legends that they're not going to sell out one of their own yep. in order to do that. It's kind of like you don't negotiate with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting that Maggie pretty much said, I was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to chop your arm off. You were going to come back and I was going to be scot free living in Salvo. Yeah. Like I was never going to be the end game, mm-hmm. Maggie. Yeah. Ever. Never. Not, not, after, not after you blow everything up. No. Yeah. She also adds that the cause needs him back on Salvo. Fuse responds by saying he isn't much for causes. And Maggie threatens Fuse and that at the next game she'll burn all his friend and and ring furies a little bit. Mm -hmm. Lifeline sees Maggie's relationship with Fuse as similarly abusive as her relationship with her mother. Get a little bit bonding there. Bloodhound then tells Fuse, you are not bound by Maggie's wrongdoings. What are your thoughts on that? I really think this is an interesting philosophy to consider. It's essentially saying that if you're in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. or if, you know, somebody in your life is telling you, hey, if you're not my friend, I'm going to do something bad to somebody else or I'm going to destroy this or that. It's pretty much saying that you're a victim and not responsible for their actions, Mm -hmm. which in a lot of ways is a nice separation because I think as a victim of an unhealthy relationship where someone might kind of threaten you indirectly saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt the people that you love yeah. or, or mm-hmm. do something like that, to remove that ownership on yourself and infuse in this case is potentially a healthy way to look at things mm-hmm. where, okay, now instead of having the guilt and feel like I'm forced into a binary decision where I have to do this mm-hmm. in order to save lives, you're kind of saying, okay, I can free myself up to take different avenues maybe and say, you know what, this person's crazy. I don't have to live my life, you know, in fear that they're going to do something bad and that it'll be my fault. It's really focusing the blame on Maggie, which some people might disagree with that because in many ways he could stop. He could stop all this by Mm -hmm. just giving himself up. So it's an interesting philosophy. I think it's cool kind of story for Bloodhound. Um, always kind of thinking big picture. I liked this chapter so much because it took it from, hey, this is a kid's video game to we're going to discover and go on some dark, not maybe not dark, but just like very deep philosophies into 
how people interact with each other. This isn't just like a, hey, let's go from point A to point B and have a good time and talk about it. Like we want to teach and learn things. There's a lot of layers to the writing. It's one of the reasons we've always loved Apex lore. To finish out this chapter though, Fuse launches a grenade indoors and shouts that Max can have his arms, legs, or even his last eye, but she can't tell him how to live his life. The explosion blasts a hole in Maggie's ship and the legends escape into the water below. Maggie then says if you want to stand with them, you'll burn with them. We're getting pretty intense there at the end. She's a bad lady. It's definitely. <laughs> She's a bad lady. That is the best way to put it, she Henry. She is not good. Um, going into part four, it's called She's a Charmer. Mm-hmm. Now, at the top of this chapter, Mirage has an excellent line. He says, here's a hypothetical. We pool our cash and hire a local murder bot. Do you know? Murder bot her. Takers? Anyone? Caustic's with me. What? Wherever he is. This was my favorite line of the comic. It yep. was, they're just like, hey, we got to deal with this issue. They're all legends just hanging out around the bar. And I think Mirage just says what a lot of people would be thinking. Like, if you don't have this line, I think there's like, we would, you and I maybe say, well, why don't you just have Riven into it? Yeah. But like. Ask Rev to go get her. The guy, that's what he does for a living. He's yep. been doing it for a long, long time. Awesome to see Mirage to get a great line uh, and the credit for his intelligence and fascinatingly bright idea. As always. Then after that, Fuse kind of sneaks off and destroys two specters, which are these kind of autonomous, mm-hmm. uh, automated robots that have weapons and are little soldiers. Deadly. Yeah. Um, he takes them out with just his metal arm um, in order to get on board a dropship to go after Maggie. Lifeline, Bloodhound also join him. I will say, he doesn't have that melee buff that he had on the Spectres in-game. No. <laughs> He's not one-shotting anybody with the melee with that arm. Not like Winter Soldier. No, no. No similarity. Great. Great. Um, so then, Bloodhound um, in the ship uh, really has Fuse's back because he reminds Blood of an old companion. Kind of an interesting callback to a story there. Yeah, interesting callback to uh, if you were listening to our Pathfinder's Quest, we talked about how Fuse kind of, or not Fuse, how Bloodhound got into the games and uh, the fellow hunter, I believe his name might have been, uh, I, I don't think it's Nikolai, I think I might be mixing that up with Gibraltar's, but a fun, like an old friend that just had some very intense kind of backgrounds and honestly, after Bloodhound bringing it up and I read that book, I was like, yeah, I see the similarities, like those are two very similar uh, characters from a philosophical standpoint yeah it's definitely cool to see the depth of writing but then after all that fun stuff a missile strikes the ship they really fuse keeps going after maggie but maggie <laughs> really intercepts him time and time again she's she's ready she's she's not like ever stressing she's got eyes everywhere no doubt about it. this then leads into part five night and shining armor as the ship goes down, Fuse tells Blood and Life to jump out while he maneuvers the ship to avoid the civilians. The ship crashes and Fuse survives while Maggie jumps down to face him. I also thought uh, it was really cool seeing Fuse continue from the trailer that introduced him where he wanted to save the robot. And now he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to save these civilians. Like, He's a good guy that came from a pretty dark world and place. But the character's growing on me a ton. And I don't think we ever had a problem with the character itself, just maybe the abilities for yeah, his success. But I think the only 
person who has doubts about views is lifeline here. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I think he's kind of trying to still prove himself to her. And I think in this chapter, that's done. Yeah. He's, he's really cool. I enjoy his character a lot and I hope he becomes a lot more playable for us. <laughs> no doubt about it. Part six, karma. Lifeline uh, begins to do what she does and helping the injured uh, after the ship crashes um, into a bunch of civilians. Um, Fuse then stands to speak with Maggie, who's there. He tells uh, her that she is throwing a tantrum, and she tells him to not get his knickers in a knot. <laughs> I'm only trying to kill you. I don't know. I'd get my knickers in a knot. It was cool seeing the Australian terminology as well uh, get thrown in there. But yeah, it, it was interesting. I will say Maggie's entrance in this one, she is strapped. Oh yeah. my goodness, like chains and chains of bullets, rocket launchers, guns. Multiple, like, yeah. She makes Bangalore look like a foot soldier. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's armed to the teeth without a doubt. Um, but then after uh, Maggie says, I'm only trying to kill you, Fuse replies and says, you don't want me dead. You want me home, but that's not Salvo, not anymore. And bond, yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's important. And he goes on to say that he finally feels like he's found his place in the games and that he feels alive, something that he's missed for many years. Maggie says the legends are dust, and Fuse says they're good people, and that they, and as they look on to blood and lifeline rescuing civilians for the ship's wreckage. On to that visual, Maggie then responds by ordering her ship to fire on the legends and the civilians. The fuse takes the ship down with his mother load mortar. Yeah. Reinforcing Maggie's Maggie's ready to F people up. Like she is full of rage. Yeah. It's like she has fuse within an arm's reach and she still wants to harm the innocent civilians. people. Yeah. What's wrong with you? There's like, something something's going on, something's missing. I did like seeing the relationship between the legends and the civilians. Not as like superiors, but as like, hey, we are recognized as important people, but we're legends and we want to do good things. Like we want to help and protect because we have the ability to do so. And it feels like Hughes is kind of reinforcing this idea that the legends as a group are just really good core people outside of maybe the ones that want to murder all the skin bags and the one that wants to experiment on the entire city. Outliers. I, I realized outliers. that as I was saying the sentence when I used all. But yeah, a couple outliers. The OGs the mean, are great. The mean, though, is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Little statistics for you. Yeah. And, you know, stats class right now, obviously, going straight into Apex. This is a good one, though. We're going to wrap up now. Final part, part seven, Harmony. That explosion uh, sends Walter and Maggie hanging off a building. Uh, Fuse offers Maggie his arm so she can climb to safety but she chooses to let go and fall to her death, seeing, saying, see you again, Walter. What is that? In, in Maori. In so Maori. It's kind of like a native tongue down in New Zealand and Australia. Nice little nod there. Awesome. Afterwards, Bloodhound tells Fuse that his efforts saved many lives, but Fuse says, not all. Lifeline and Bloodhound cheer Fuse to second chances as the legends all sit by a campfire. Gibraltar is laughing with Horizon. Watson is trying to get it closer with Caustic. Mirage and Rampart practically snuggling with Wraith looking on at Mirage. Ooh. Things happening in the background, Ladies man. Ladies man, ladies man, Mirage is. Yep. 
we've seen mirages in uh, rampart's relationship so it's cool to see that just like it's reinforced everywhere these writers don't miss they know exactly what they're doing they know what every legend's connection is with other characters before we maybe give overall thoughts i just want to ask a tough question where's this comic this quest chapter rank for you with the other ones in comparison in its entirety, yeah, I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like that it had a really great clear start and ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the kind of complaints about season five was that yes, we built Ash's head, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a whole lot of closure in terms of the Revenant, Bangalore. Yeah, uh, it was open ended. Yeah, a little bit open ended, and I really appreciated this one as being a nice tight package where you have a villain introduced, villain then exit, legends grow. I thought it was written really nice and concise. Um, in terms of everything that happened, not much, you know, like there wasn't yeah. a ton of content in relation to maybe other quests, but story arc wise, I thought it was a really clear story arc. It was a good one. I enjoyed this quest a lot in this comic line. Um, we're going to now maybe look on to season nine. And talk about how that comic that we kind of just covered, the lore from season eight, and how we might see it roll into season nine. And I'm going to set the stage actually with something before we, instead of ending with it. But Tom Cassiello, the lead writer for Apex Legends, has said that season nine is going to have more lore than season five. For a quick little reminder, season five, we got playable quest. We got an incredibly long written story. It had lore for literally every single legend. It was nothing to scoff at. We enjoyed it a ton. We also had the introduction of in-game voice lines between legends and POIs. It was the most lore we've ever gotten. If you've been listening since then, you know how big of a deal it was for Henry and I. We were absolutely freaking out. So to say that season 9 is going to have more lore than season 5. More. 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 We're building off of what we just finished. What do you think is maybe coming? Because it could go with you this much lore coming. It could go in a lot of directions. I don't even understand the scale yeah. that Tom's talking about. Um, so it's quite insane. But essentially where we're at here at the end of season eight is we got Fuse now accepted as a legend. Mm-hmm. Maggie is presumed dead. Fuse definitely more in the loss of a friend, even though that friend was crazy. Um, which is really good. Nice end. But we're moving forward into the next season with the introduction of Valk and the return of Ash. And I think those two will really elevate the Apex story to connect the game back to Titanfall. Have maybe Horizon come back in Mm -hmm. response to Ash and the storyline. And then also trigger a lot of new character development across the legends that were impacted by the Frontier War. I think that Valk comes in with that connection to Viper Mm -hmm. and Titanfall and the Frontier War, and so does Ash. And so you bring that in. I think we have additional things for Bangalore, perhaps. We have additional things for Wraith, Gibraltar, Lifeline, Octane. I think a lot of different reactions uh, to those two additions of characters are going to be felt in the next story. I am beyond fascinated to see Valk's relationship with other legends. I she's young and she seems like really fun and. Like a really, really cool gal. And I think she's going to be a hoot to play with. And the voice lines are going to be great. I could see uh, with the Titan relationship, a lot of these legends, like 
I think there is legitimate PTSD from the war and that time frame and just how much it hurt people. Mirage lost three brothers, you know. Is he going to look at Valk and, you know, the apex predator Titan that she's kind of like, you know, bonding off of? And there could create some like just bad blood and it might. Just from her existence. Just from her existence. And so I'm interested to see if, like you kind of mentioned, these characters that were in the Outlands affected by the war, Gibraltar, his entire family, you know, suffered from the war, Bangalore, her brother. There is a possibility we could relate a ton of stuff. Wraith, an ex-pilot. Yeah. You know, like there is so much lore potential here. Thinking about more lore than season five, though, do you think we might come back to a playable quest by any chance? It's unlikely. Um, do you think we come back to a longer comic then? Or do you think we go maybe... There, I'm just thinking like there has to be something. Yeah, we have arenas coming, so I think arenas can be something and be incorporated in some way. Like, hey, we have voice lines for arenas specific, you know, that show yeah. relationships between legends and such. So, but unless there's like something else, there's got to be something else essentially, like some X factor yeah. that's going to introduce lore in a crazy way. That additional thing, I think, is definitely up in the air. Um, I think that we've been talking a lot off air about. What does arenas need in order to be a viable separate playlist that keeps people excited in the long term? Yeah. And we've talked about, you know, potentially having create a class, custom loadouts, mm-hmm. different modes, different maps, different sort of durations, um, legend balancing configuration, more things to give depth and complexity. But one thing that you could do as the kind of the best of both worlds is you could have arenas give progression through a story in terms of mm. you you maybe play x number of matches or get different challenges and you unlock pieces of lore do away with the treasure pack system yeah keep it all maybe in arenas or do it between the br mm-hmm. and the arenas and then maybe that x factor on top of that is you have videos that get yeah, unlocked so you have that, that. Yep. old production mm-hmm. videos built into the game which is something that we've wanted for a while it's unlikely it yeah. really is just because the amount of money and time that goes into these videos, they are designed to be shown to millions of people as they are on Twitch and YouTube. So totally. it is unlikely. I'd love to see it. I do not know what they're referring to when they say most lower app. Yeah. I mean, new voice lines can be one thing. Yeah. It's just so tough. I know we've talked a ton about how their team is growing. There's a lot more lore. I've seen, you know, Frozen Fro join the team. I've also seen two writers announce that they've joined the team that have history writing in video games. So there is going to be more lore in some way, maybe not now, in the future as well. But it doesn't seem like it's just going to come in the way of more comics. But it feels like Tom is very much flexing in-game lore. But even if it was out-of-game lore, we've had a whole book come out. Yeah. So... I'm really unsure. So excited. So excited, though, to see what it could be. Surprise drop of a TV show. Oh, like, my goodness. You start saying yeah. huge stuff, but bigger than five, bigger than this season. My mind has to wander. Yeah. Well, I mean, your mind can wander anywhere. I think the, to sum it all up, though, season eight, really good story. We enjoyed the beginning and end 
essentially, of it. It was weird having Horizon Story introduced, be a huge deal, and have it wrapped up in the Pathfinder's quest, kind of, in a way. There's still room for her story, for sure, but a big portion of her story was wrapped up, at least the Branthium aspect of it. Now we just got to get her home to see her son, essentially. Wrapped up in the book, but it was nice to see it all wrapped up in Season 8. Looking forward to Season 9. Season 9 is going to be a lot. That's all we can really say. Not sure what and how it's going to be, though. The hype train. The hype train keeps on rolling. Let's wrap it up now with some five-star questions. First one coming from Rune over Ruins. Hey, guys. Been listening for about a month now, and I really enjoy the topics you discuss on the show. Been playing since Season 2 and have been a daily player since mid-Season 3. Always nice to hear about the changing meta of the game from the show. On a recent By the Numbers, there was a discussion on if the Spitfire is perhaps becoming OP. I was wondering if either of you think that that is a result of more open area fighting with no world's edge and rotation, and the Spitfire having more appeal than other LMGs in the game due to it being full auto. Similarly, in it seems like a lot of players are running the R301 and either the Ranger or the 2-4 optics as well, complementing this rise in full auto at longer ranges. My question is, do you think that the Spitfire's dominance will resolve itself with World's Edge coming back in rotation? And do you feel that Watson and Caustic will be more powerful with the return of World's Edge? Thanks again for the work you do and congrats on all the success. Appreciate the review. Uh, great questions. I think it's very interesting. The Spitfire is a fascinating case study. We talked about the statistics shared by John Larson uh, on our last news segment before this last week. And interesting to see. It's a used weapon that's having a lot of success, but is not yet statistically seen as OP. Do you think that's in direct relationship to Olympus, though? My, I never thought of it as so, but it's an interesting thought. So, yeah, I, I think that it could be. Okay. You know, you're seeing a lot of correlation between the Spitfire getting tweaks and buffs mm-hmm. again and again and again, kind totally. of rising up. Um, in terms of if there's more open space on Kings and Olympus, I kind of challenge that a little bit just because I think there's open space on every map. But arguably, something like a G7 is much better than the Spitfire in open range. Yeah. Um, and that, that's my opinion. But then to react to this whole idea that the R301 has gone up in usage and you've noticed maybe having two times and two to fours, um, that's Anvil. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. Anvil, mm-hmm. you know, that's having that opportunity to use the R301 on a longer range. Um, I can absolutely agree. And I've been saying it that I think Watson and Caustic will go up uh, oh, yeah. on World's Edge without a doubt. We talk a lot about how those defensive legends struggle a bit more on Olympus. There's less buildings to cover and the buildings that you can mm-hmm. cover, the way they're structured are not. Less doors. Less doors. They're not made for these defensive legends. World's Edge is rotation central. Get there first, D up, and have success. You will see a lot more of that play in ranked, I believe. Uh, Just not having to move through open ground as much as well. It's a very big disadvantage on Olympus for these lack of movement legends. And World's Edge is so urban. You know, you have three cities on the map that really plays into Caustic and Watson. We're going to try to figure out the whole, how does maps impact legend balancing? Mm -hmm. 
Daniel couldn't, you know, confirm that was a fact uh, based off of his data, but we feel strong. Definitely. Next question coming from J-Man. I would totally recommend this. After playing Apex in Season 3, I needed to learn more about Apex. I bought three Apex books, but none of them were as helpful as your podcast. Great podcast. Would you ever write a book about Apex? Also, I started maining Bangalore. Which skin should I get? Keep up the good work. Thanks so much for the review, J-Man. Um, cool idea. Um, write a book. Shay and I aren't actively writing a novel or a book. Mm. We have some ideas in terms of extending the plight of Pathfinder uh, episode to be a novel, telling the story of Apex uh, as a, a tale of energy weapons and we, energy. We've, we've put in a request if we could be the official authors, you know, of, yeah. of writing the book, but they haven't gotten back to us yet. Things take time. <laughs> uh, on a bit of a serious note, we have already drafted for our patrons a legend guide. So a written mm-hmm. book that kind of summarizes and maybe goes some ways further than our mastering the legends. Um, when we have time, once we're graduated, if mm-hmm. we see it as a great opportunity, we might finish out that book for all the legends and put it up for sale. We'll kind of gauge the audience on it a little bit. It, it's a lot of work for us to mm-hmm. do that visual designing, writing, editing, researching, um, addition to the podcast. So, We'll see, but if you like a written format. If you're listening and you like the sound of that, let us know. We kind of need the feedback before to get rolling on the idea. Uh, Bang skins, uh, I can't speak to it a ton. One of my least played legends, uh, but I will say that the uh, whichever event Sky has, that's my favorite one. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, one of the... uh... The kind it's of, like the Beast of the Hunt or mm-hmm. something like that, but like the recolor version of it. Yeah, there's some pretty cool ones. Um, I personally, I like the Spacewalker. Great That's one. That's the one I like. Mm-hmm. I think it really changes her model a lot, and she has the matching Prowler skin, which yeah. I like a lot too, mm-hmm. so that's what I would go with. Next question coming from Yeep. I love the pod. I'm a season two player and I've been listening for almost nine months now. And I've been wondering if you could add any gun from Apex into Titanfall, what gun would it be? I personally would add the Prowler as I would love to zip around with a Prowler. Love the pod. Thanks for keeping me updated during lockdown. Love from England. Appreciate the international audience. That's a fun question. We don't normally get it in uh, that order per se, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Oh man. Adding a gun from Apex into Titanfall, though, the f- the first one that actually came to my head was the Prowler as well. I think that would be uh, really dang fun. I'm trying to think if like any of these guns would could be adapted into anti-Titan weapons in some way. Like getting the more Apex version of the L Star in game, yeah, would be kind of interesting. Maybe the L Star is so different in Titanfall. Yeah. I can say that. Honestly, for the most part, I think the weapons are more powerful in Titanfall than they are in Apex. It was wartime. Yeah, maybe, (laughs) but the Spitfire is very strong. Mm -hmm. G7 is very strong. Flatline is definitely stronger in Titanfall. Um, I don't really know. I mean, maybe we could see the 30-30 could go over there. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Next question coming from Good Gamer. Great podcast. By the way, what is your current thoughts on the cheater situation in Apex right now? heartbreaking that we've kind of had a random surge uh, mm-hmm. this season uh it's really disappointing to see a lot of our favorite content creators have been really plagued by it 
it's sad. I mean, Shay and I are fortunate that we haven't uh, really been impacted, mm-hmm. haven't been locked out, haven't been uh, really hacked at this point. Um, it's really sad. It's very sad to see some of these top creators that live and breathe this game uh, struggle. But I do not like the people that are constantly frustrated and mad at Apex and Respawn. It's by no means an easy fix. And from the people we've talked to and the people we follow on social media that are a part of that team, they're doing everything they can. But it seems like it's more than just adding more cheats because people are essentially hacking servers and altering everything. Uh, It's legal action at this point that's going to change things for some of these people. Uh, And so hopefully it's resolved soon. Very sad to see right now, though. We're lucky, as Henry said. Next question coming from DDG. Would you ever get sniped down on the podcast? Sniped down would be a fun guest. We'll add them to the list. Um, Guests in general, we got a couple coming up maybe in the books. Um, I like sniped down, though. I think it'd be fun to have another controller pro on the the pod to kind of talk that scene. Because it's hilarious because his teammate Hal just absolutely roasts controllers the entire time as he has sniped down on his team. It's hilarious. I need to ask him about that essentially. That dynamic. Maybe having the pair of them on would be fun. Oh, we just ask mouse and key and controller questions yeah. the entire time? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Next question, Dog Paint. Love this podcast, guys. It helps me stay up to date with the state of the game and news. Love hearing you guys' ideas on certain things like meta and legend changes and gun damage calculations. Looking forward to more. Question. Don't know if you've covered this book. Favorite map and place to drop on that map. The new mics sound great and amp extremely crisp. Appreciate that. That means yep. so much. We're working Appreciate on it. it. <laughs> yeah, it uh, definitely was a big investment, uh, but we're fortunate to our patrons to make it happen. Totally. Favorite map um, and favorite place to drop. Ooh. It's tough. Like I, I have the ranked... I want to win answer and then I kind of have like the oh it's just a fun aesthetic drop because I'm like I'm thinking World's Edge probably my favorite map with Bloodhound Trials as like just a really fun drop like it's, there's nothing else like it really in the games so that's a really dang good combo um, but on the more like ranked winning side um, Olympus is my favorite ranked map I would say and I, I love uh, Carrier as top of carrier great ass spot it's a, a tough question because things change so much you totally know, i think about like old favorites of wetlands and dome and things like oh, that man. mirage voyage on world's edge oh, how did i forget mirage um, there's a lot of really good spots so it's a tough question um man i mean <laughs> i think i gotta give a nod just to king's canyon because try to play for the underdog here um there's a lot of nice spots that i like to drop i really like capacitor a lot there's a ton of loot there three charge towers can really make the early game difference and have some pretty fun fights last question last review coming from too much sunscreen love the pod i just started playing apex on the last week of february of this year and i've made it to plat in both splits still getting used to all the legends guns mechanics but i wanted to know what's your personal favorite and least favorite guns and legends. I'm prepared for the hate on mine. Mine are guns, favorite, flatline, and triple take. Don't like or hate the R99 and Volt. Legends, favorite, crypto and horizon. Hate, Pathfinder to play as, Mirage to play against. GG, boys. Oh, I'm, I'm going to lead with by saying I love all the legends. I honestly can't really tell you people I hate. There's people I'm, like, I'm not a huge fan of playing Fuse right now. 
but I still enjoy the character so much. And even though it's a struggle at times, I think there can be a lot of fun found in the abilities. I honestly cannot pick a legend per se to hate. Maybe you can be a bit more uh, on that side for me. I don't know. We try not to hate. I, I don't really like playing Wraith, and I think that right now Fuse is pretty disappointing to play as, but we certainly don't like to you know, lean on the side of not being happy with the game. Try to focus on the positive. Um, for well, sure. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you answers on guns. My favorite guns, the R301 and my least favorite guns, the Eva. I know the Eva's good. I just am really bad with it. Nothing against the gun. I personally suck with the weapon and I don't really like it because of that. Um, I can give you that answer, but yeah, the legends, they're just so awesome. I love them all. And I know that some people think we're overly positive sometimes on the pod, but I just really do like all the legends. I know you got uh, a clear favorite though for legends, maybe. I like Gibraltar, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, I also play a lot of Bloodhound, and I like Rampart a lot. I think mm-hmm. she has a great kit. Honestly, it's hard to use, um, but her character is awesome. Um, your answer, sunscreen about flatline and triple take as favorites. Those are great weapons. I mean, yeah. I think mm-hmm. the weapons in this game are hard to not like. I feel like I can pick up pretty much anything and have really good success. In terms of weapons that are just straight up harder to use from a numbers perspective, the R99 and the Wingman are hard, mm-hmm. like just straight up. But outside of that, everything is very approachable. You can have great success with the Volt, with the Hemlock, R301, really anything yeah. uh, across different classes. I didn't give you my favorite legends, I realized, but uh, Octane, the second split I've been enjoying a heck out of, and uh, forever a favorite will be Mirage. Absolutely. To play as the lore, everything. I love that character so much. And we're going to end this show now. We're going to wrap it up. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch, Third Party Pod. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>